It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Colts as part of our special this week for our divisional preview series. We're talking with Cody Davis of Locked On Texans. We're also talking to Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Titans. We have the whole divisional crew in here. So appreciate everyone joining in. And I want to get talking right away about this because the Colts obviously had a disappointing season in 2019-20. What do you guys think as far as the Colts season goes? Because obviously Andrew Luck wasn't there anymore. You had Jacoby Brissett. What was your guys' thoughts on Brissett in 2019-20? Because obviously there's a lot of questions about whether the Colts need a new quarterback or not. Well, I'll go first. I'll, can I go first here, Jackson? You got it. You got it. Yeah, Brissett is a local kid playing here in Florida. He, he turned out to be better than a lot of people thought. I thought that they would be competent and, and they would not be miserable. People thought when Andrew Luck got hurt that they were going to go 2-14, and 14, and I said that won't happen. But we clearly see that he's not the answer for them to compete for a championship. And all I keep hearing is Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers. I, I do believe that the infrastructure of the team, uh, because of what they've invested in the offensive line, uh, and on all of those young receivers that we keep forgetting about. I think they're good. I think Marlon Mack is a great running back. I do think the front seven on defense, even though they have some playmakers, I think that's where the Colts need to address. I think they'll do it in free agency with the money that they have and in the draft. I actually believe that they're a scary team if they get the right quarterback. I'm going to you know, kind of combat that a little bit, John, here. Uh, I don't think a quarterback is their top priority. They don't have no weapons outside of T.Y. Hilton. And so when you mentioned the wide receivers and making upgrades at that, my question is, well, my thought is, do you risk getting a quarterback that either A, is way past his time? When you look at Phillip Rivers, he had everything. And the reason why the Chargers didn't go where they should have went was because of Phillip Rivers. I think you go, I think you go snag a receiver. I think you go continue to fix that defense as well. Get you some receivers, get you some playmakers around that offense and continue to fix your defense. And then allow yourself to say, okay, let's see where we can go with Jacoby with a better overall team. We just saw Jimmy G, whether he we say he took him or not, lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And I honestly think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Jimmy G is. But Jimmy G also has a lot of talent around him. Run game, receivers, when they made that trade for Emmanuel Sanders, that helped out tremendously because it opened up the playbook for uh, what uh, Samuel can do and just allowing Greg Kittle to be more effective. And then that all-world defense. I think Jacoby can also do the same for the coach, but they got to get talent around him. Outside of Hilton, who else do you trust to throw the ball to? That was one game when they had like eight drop passes when he was putting them on the money. Well, this is Tyler from the Locked On Titans, and and I actually think that both of you guys can can be right. I think that the Colts are actually set up in a great position. They have cap space. They have a a decent foundation of a roster, and whether or not Jacoby Brissett is the answer or not, I I don't think it it matters that much because in what you guys are saying is is true. He's not going to be a star elite quarterback, so if you put a good enough team around him, then he'll be able to succeed, but even if they don't believe in him, I think they're in a position where they can draft a, a developmental quarterback in the middle of the first round or maybe trade back a little bit if they're in love with you know a Jordan Love, a Jacob Eason, if Herbert were to fall that far for some reason, sometimes these guys slide. And they like one of those guys. Well, they can take them, still play Brissett, 
still use all the rest of their draft picks and their cap space on filling out the roster with the more talent that they obviously need and then make a decision on Brissett or the rookie going forward or replace that rookie with a veteran free agent who maybe a Philip Rivers, a Jameis Winston, whoever it happens to be, give them a shot on a one-year deal because of the situation. And then you can use all your draft picks and a little bit less cap space on improving those other areas of the roster. So uh, while the Colts did have a disappointing season, I think like a lot of teams, if you have a good enough roster around the quarterback, the quarterback can be uh, a place where you take some chances like we saw with Tennessee. So I, I think the Colts are maybe not in in the worst position, depending on how they handle this offseason, of course. Now, the Colts are going to have $100 million in cash space or close to it. Obviously, we talked about Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they go after a quarterback and a draft free agency. But if the Colts do not stop out of the park, guys, you can go the same order if you want to. Do you think this Colts team is going to be a threat to jump back up to the top of the AFC South next year if everything goes right for them? Um, they weren't that far off this year. And the, the one thing I would say about the wide receiver position is, I think when they played Jacksonville the second time, the top, they had T.Y. Hilton and then the next three or four guys, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, they were all hurt. They were they, they were all banged up. None, none of them were playing. Um, I, I think the key for e- Ebron was out. I think the key for them is to uh, retain the guys that have produced for them and then be able to go out and get some other people with that $100 million. So I would say that even if they kept Brissett, that they if they get healthy and then they make those additions that they have maybe a three game flop flip and those three games by the way if they I don't know what their record was I think it was something like it was a seven and nine or whatever it was I know two or three weeks ago they were still in the hunt they could be looking at the bottom end of a wild card out there yeah Cody and John what do you guys think over there about that as far as I know Texas won the issue south this year but do you guys think the Colts have a shot of overtaking them this year if all goes well no, I, I don't think they have a shot because I think if we look at who is the current AFC South champs, which, I mean, I don't give a damn about being that anymore, but it's the Texans. And then afterwards, the talk of the entire AFC South is, well, can the Titans take that over from them and then build on that to possibly make it to a Super Bowl next year? I don't think the Colts can make that jump over those two teams. However, it's only February. Like, we just cracked Black History Month, and the offseason really hasn't kicked off. We haven't had a free agency. We haven't had the draft. And we know you guys have, I think, 12 draft picks. So you have a lot of picks that you can actually build your team around. Uh, so it's, it's super early, and I hate the too early to tell conversations. But T.Y. Hill only had 500 yards last year. The leading receiver for the team was Zach Pascal with 607. There is just too much room to work on too much too many areas to work on with this team to say that they have a a potential to jump over those two teams when you look at the titans i don't think the titans have that much to work on compared to jacksonville and and the Colts. yeah and i'm gonna have to agree with john on that statement i at this stage like yes it's too early and we don't know the moves either of these teams are going to do right now. But the way it's looking, I do not believe the Colts will be able to surpass the Texans or the Titans um, heading into the 2020 season in this division. Well, uh, from the Titans' perspective, I, I think anything 
is possible. The Titans went two and four and then were able to flip things around and make a run. If for some reason the solid foundation that the Colts have from a roster standpoint, if they hit on another really good draft class, because if we remember uh, the Darius Leonard draft class, that was one of the best draft classes we've seen in the last five years or so make an impact as rookies. Malik Hooker has been fantastic early on. So I think if Chris Ballard, the general manager for the Colts, is able to hit on all of those or half, I mean, or three of those 12 draft picks that you talk about, then it can make a big impact on the roster with all the cap space they have. They can add areas of need. And if for some reason they do hit, say Phillip Rivers comes in, he's got one more good shot left. We see that from these veterans from time to time. Say they hit on a Jordan Love and he or Jacob Eason or they get Herbert to fall to them and they do turn out to be, you know, a star rookie quarterback, then anything's possible. And I think that's one of the best things about the NFL is you can go from worst to first, or in this case, second worst to first in an instant, if you get the right combination of factors and get the right chemistry going together. So I, I don't think it's likely, but I can't rule that out of, uh, as a possibility for the Colts. Fellas. Let's talk about the bedroom. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You let off with a home run. Make sure you can go deep in your second at bat. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free blue chew is a better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast matt williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on nfl podcast you got to talk 2018 quarterbacks josh allen has the best quarterback record aside from lamar jackson but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah so throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. We saw both teams in the Super Bowl this year. The 49ers really a run-first, defense-first team, and then the Chiefs, a pass-first, high-octane offense team. The Colts kind of were mirroring. They're trying to go the San Francisco route because they're obviously running the ball an awful lot this year. They're in the NFL in, in rush attempts. Do you think the Colts or really any other team in the NFL nowadays, we kind of saw with the Titans this year, Tyler, with uh, with Derrick Henry going off in the playoffs, that a run-first team can have big success in the playoffs? 
Yeah, I, I think it's definitely possible. It, it just depends on the strength of your roster, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. The The odds of the Colts getting a star quarterback, I, I think there's two ways you build a team in the NFL. Either you have a stud quarterback, like we saw Patrick Mahomes, be who can carry you there and ignite the team and raise all boats around them, or you build a fantastic roster like we saw with the 49ers, where you have a great defensive front, solid defense all the way throughout all three position groups. You play good special teams. You have talent surrounding an average to slightly above average quarterback, and you get it done through you know all three phases uh, there's two different ways to do it now there are different ways within that to do it but the Colts are obviously going to be going the 49ers route quicker and sooner than they're going to be able to go the Patrick Mahomes route so I would that's the route that they're going to have to try to follow along with and you know, it will give them an opportunity to turn things around with all the ammo that they have can I just say this we saw Patrick Mahomes lead this Chiefs team over the 49ers and how great he is on offense, that is just, for the most part, pretty rare. Normally, traditionally, in the NFL, for the first 100 years, defense does still win championships. And when you have a a very defensive-minded team, that also leads to a very great run game. And so... I, I think if the, the 49ers would have played, let's say, the Titans, then I think they win that game. Uh, when we look at the, the previous Super Bowl before this, we had the all-world Rams offense. And what happened? They ran into a Patriots team that defensively shut them out and ran the ball down their throat. That's the one reason why the uh, the the – Giants were able to beat the Patriots those first two Super Bowls. They were able to run the ball very good and play defense both times, getting after your quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes is literally a generational talent. I think he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And I've been watching football for, I don't know, I'm not as old as some guys or may have been more privy to the game as, as others, but this is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I'm saying that to say this. The formula normally works in favor of defense and running. And the good thing about the Colts is I like Marlon Mack. More importantly, I like Quentin Nelson. I think he is a dog at that guard position, and I love watching him play football. So you go out and fix those areas on your defense. Make sure you go get uh, Darius a, a, a running mate. Make sure you go get some uh, edge rusher. Make sure you solidify your secondary. And make sure you still get some talent at receiver. Allow all that to help your team propel forward. Then you'll be all right. But what Patrick Mahomes did, we can't we can't really get caught up in comparing well will the offense be able to overcome defense because nine times out of ten, it's always the defense and run game that wins. I think you run the ball. I I, I mean I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the problem that you have to fix. So I think you run the ball. Right, and let Jacoby Brissett, who threw 18 touchdowns compared to six interceptions, a great three to one ratio. It's not like he can't win you games. Run the ball. It's okay. It's okay to not always be flashy, not always be the pretty girl in school that is just so beautiful that all the guys run to her. It's okay. At some point, that pretty girl phases out and she's no longer the pretty girl. Do what works. Hey, can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me okay? 
Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. I can. Okay, okay. I want to chime in real quick. Here's what oh, I think. Can I, can I can I say something really quick? It's gonna be real, real quick. Yeah. All right. Three. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree. I'm gonna have to say um, you're gonna probably have to stick to the passing game because unless you have a a, a, a excellent running game like the Baltimore Ravens or even the Tennessee Titans, I honestly do not believe you can have a run game and actually win. Um, like I said, unless you had just phenomenal talents coming out of the backfield like those two teams. So I would personally say it'd be best for you guys to stick to the passing game because at the end of the day, I believe that Jacoby Bissett did a pretty solid job this year, um, especially given the fact um, the especially given the amount, like, especially given the problem that he was thrown into with um, Andrew Luck just all of a sudden retiring. You know, I believe if he gets a pretty solid time during the summer to actually train with this team, uh, I, I believe he's going to have a pretty good 2020 season. The, the thing is with the NFL, the way it's set up is people have to be careful to not want to be a copycat and subscribe to someone else's formula because you can't change your team overnight. Uh, you are who you are. I think the best thing that they, any team in the league can do is look in the mirror and say, who are we? You know what I do if I was them? They got, they got Marlon Mack. Guess what I do? I draft Cam Akers in the third round from Florida State because I get another Marlon Mack. Because when you look at the 49ers, we, we forget, okay, they got all those three of those run backs. They got Tevin Coleman, they got Breeder, they got Mostert. They signed Jared McKinnon, and he tore his, his knee up. He was another guy that looks just like those dudes. You, They know who they are and who they want to be. When you look at the teams that are successful, even in New England, which is the GOAT franchise of my lifetime, they know who they are and who they want to be. You look at the Steelers. All those players over the years have pretty much been interchangeable. They've all looked like the guy that they replaced, the wide receivers, up in Green Bay. They all look like I think what you have to do is understand who you are, get that identity, and then go out and just continue to match that. And then people kill me with this. Well, we need to change a pace guy. No, you don't. You know what you need? You need when you make substitutions, another guy, the second guy you bring in or the third guy you bring in, he needs to look just like the first guy. Because now you don't get into a point where people can play glass your play calling. I think what the Colts need to do is to continue to build Get another T.Y. Hilton. Get another Eric Ebron. Find another Quentin Nelson. Find another Marlon Mack. Exactly. Find another guy to play uh, with Malik Hooker on the back end. Find another Darius Leonard. You know, when they had Dwight Freeney, they also had Mathis. Same guy. Exactly. Different side. Find who you are and, and, and build guys that, that match whatever it is you want to do. And I think Frank Reich in his third year will be able to do that. And I also want to say this. You mentioned the Patriots, my favorite team. Stop trying to use their formula. You can't – and even though Brissett came from New England, I believe the reason why Kyle Shanahan lost his Super Bowl was because he tried to have this storied, well, look at the Jimmy G. Is he the next – nobody's going to be the next Brady. So – and I love what you said, Wick. Go out and do what's best for you and stop trying to do what's best for everybody else. Because if it was best for everybody else, then all 32 teams would win Super Bowls. It's not the case. So you have Quentin Nelson, like you said, go find another one. Make sure you are filling the holes for what you need 
and not for what you want because of what somebody else has. Evan, what are your thoughts right. on that? What What do you think this uh, this team needs to do going forward? Should they build on the run, or should should they try to lean more into a pass heavy offense? Or how do you kind of see them using all the assets that they have to to get this team back to the AFC South? And then, of course, do you think that they can make that jump from where they finished to retake the division? As far as division goes, I think it's a very hard task, especially with the core position they're currently in. I, I'm actually against all you guys. I'm actually from watching all Jacoby Brissett's 16 games last year, he had 12 touchdowns in the first five games. Then he only had six in the last eight games he started. It was a really bad stretch. Jacoby Brissett, one of the worst quarterbacks in QBR, push percentage, and other advanced measures the last eight months, eight weeks of the season. And I don't think the Colts should be comfortable with Jacoby Brissett as their long-term match because a lot of those touchdowns he had in the red zone were off just short passes, and a lot of it was helped out by Frank Reich. So I do believe that the Colts' offense changed a little bit this year because Jacoby Brissett, he wasn't – that Frank Reich didn't trust Jacoby as much as Andrew Luck, of course, and I think the Colts probably need to go more towards the Kansas City route. That might surprise people because Patrick Mahomes obviously is a generational talent, but if they get a guy in the boat in like a Jordan Love or a Justin Herbert or a trip or two at Tagovailoa in the draft, like these high upside quarterbacks, I really believe that the Colts be in a lot better position than they are right now. If you maybe go out and get Bursette a year to start or you could go get a better like a Philip Rivers instead, I think that makes a lot of sense compared to that other route because – I just think running the ball 30 times per game nowadays isn't a winning formula to success. And I believe in, in 2020, you need to have an elite passer, and the Colts don't have an above-average above quarterback at the position right now. So I would definitely look to upgrade a quarterback position. I would try to st- stick with the formula a little bit on offense, try to be more balanced as well. But, but I do believe spending money in free agency on defense and also upgrading the quarterback position, I think, are the top two needs for this team. Evan, you mentioned um, Philip Rivers a couple of seconds ago, but um, if you would like to move on from Jacoby Brissett, is there any quarterback on the market you would like to see Indianapolis take a chance on? Yeah, there's only a few of them. I only mentioned Philip Rivers because he actually has a previous connection with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. He actually was uh, coached by them in San Diego before he, as the office coordinator and quarterback coach for Rivers back in the day. So that previous connection makes a lot of sense. I know Teddy Bridgewater has mentioned a couple of times with some people. I'm not a fan of that move. I think it's probably a lateral move with him and Jacoby. There's really not much on this list as far as outside free agents go. Philip Rivers has a connection to the team, but I don't really think Jameis Winston makes sense. Other guys like that, I, I just don't think it's much of a – much of a needle mover, so to say. And I think the Colts probably sticking with Jacoby Brissett unless the guy Phil Burrs wants to come in and take and really battle Jacoby for that starting job. I think going around the draft in the first round, pick 13 or trading up is probably the best bet for this team. Do you think Anthony Costanzo, your solid left tackle, is going to retire? That's a good question. I, I it, It's kind of worrying me the more and more we get close to the combine because we're recording this on February 9th. It's about two weeks before the combine officially starts. And it's surprising we still haven't heard from Costanzo yet because Costanzo is one of the more underrated left tackles in the NFL. I think he's easily a top 10 left tackle in this league. And he's entering the prime of his career. He's going to be a free agent this year. He's only 31 years old. He's probably going to be one of the highest paid left tackles in the NFL if he does return next year. But I, it really does bring me the question, if Costanzo does return, it's probably going to be for one or two years because if he's already mulling retirement, I doubt he's going to be a four- or five-year contract type of guy. And and lose Costanzo right away, and especially doesn't return this year, would be killer to this Colts team because all of a sudden left tackle, I think, jumps all the way up to number one on your list for all season needs. 
Yeah, that's kind of my que- follow-up question to that. I, you know, taking a look at what what some pundits are forecasting for the Colts in the draft. If Costanzo does announce his retirement here in the next month or so, do you think would you rather go veteran quarterback in free agency and get a left tackle, whether trade up or staying where you're at, either way? Or are you still in the mind that going after one of the young rookie quarterbacks and then going maybe tackle and free agency, which combination of moves do you think would be the most fruitful for this Colts team going forward into 2020? I would do the latter there. I would say going out and getting one of those young quarterbacks, like a two or a love or a Herbert makes an awful lot of sense for his team, just long-term sustainability. If you can get a left tackle in free agency or maybe trade like a second round pick for Trent Williams to the Redskins, who I know he has a bad relationship with the with the team right now, I think that can make some sense. I think also drafting a left tackle in the second round still makes a a lot of sense for this team too because I actually like the, like this tackle class a lot. It's really deep. It goes down really. There's about ten or twelve tackles I think that could start in this league from what I've watched so far. And this draft class I think is really good for not only the Colts teams but everyone in the AFC South because. This is one of the stronger drive classes I can remember, and I think going the route of a quarterback early for the Colts and then maybe doing a left tackle in the second round can make sense if Costanza retires. But I think just overall this draft is going to be a fruitful option for every team in this division. Hey, how do you feel about the possibility of bringing in former Texan Jadavian Clowney? You guys I have a lot of idea, money, a lot, lot of cap, and, um, you know, we, we, probably, we mentioned it earlier how – when you guys had Mathis, you also had another book in on the other side. Um, we know how great Clowney is in the run game and the fact that he can give you one healthy somewhere around eight or nine sacks is a plus. How do you feel about that? I think it makes a ton of sense, honestly, because I know Clowney has his relationship with the Colts. I know him and the Colts kind of have bad blood from in the past with the Texas and the Colts when they played. and uh, But I do think that Clowney – Paying him probably close to $20 million per year is probably what it'll take, 18 to $20 million, but the Colts have around $100 million to spend, so why not go out and get one of the better, not only edge rushers, but also one of the better run block, run defenders in the NFL, too. That's just killing two birds with one stone there. And I think a guy like Clowney could easily replace Jabal Shear, who's going to be an upcoming free agent, too. You replace Shear with a younger guy, a more expensive guy, but also a more impactful one at that. And I think Clowney... If he does want to be on the Colts, I know Clowney's mentioned before he wants to go play for a Super Bowl contender. If he does believe the Colts are only a quarterback away or a couple moves away, then I'd be all for it. But the question is, is Clowney interested in the Colts? Because I think the Colts would definitely be interested in Clowney if that's the case. How do you feel about right. another AFC South you know, former player, Yannick Ngakwe? If, if Clowney were to not be on the table, another help in the edge rushing department, would you be interested in Ngakwe if he was available and, and that was a route you guys could go? Yeah, absolutely. And Gakwe's another good name there, too. He's only, I believe, 24. He's right in the prime of his career. He's probably going to want 18 to $20 million, too, probably the same amount of money as Clowney. But I think he definitely fits the mold of what the Colts desire at the pass rush position. They love speed. They love explosiveness. If you could pair Yannick and Gakwe with a Justin Houston for a year, then have Houston leave and then have Kamoko Ture, who they're really high on their second-round pick from last year, take over opposite bookend of Yannick and Gakwe for the next three or four years, those two speed rushes would be – not Freeney and Mathis level, but it'd be trying to at least mimic that as far as two-speed rushes go on opposite edges. And in Gakwe, I, I lean more towards being a better option for the Colts than Jadavion Clowney just because I, I prefer the speed rushers more than the power rushers. But I do think in Gakwe, if he does hit the open market, I know Jacksonville could still franchise tag him. I think it makes plenty of sense to go out and give Yannick Ngakwe whatever he wants to free into. I'm not going to just sit here and let y'all take my guy away from me. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but he is he's a real real good guy a good football player ironically though some people that are against paying him the kind of money that he wants are saying that he's not big and it, it, the guy that I always bring up is Mathis I always say well Mathis and Freeney weren't that big so uh, it would be a, a, a perfect sad for Jacksonville fit if he does end up in a place like Indy well, you know that those speed rushers on that, you know, on that turf inside that dome, it, it kind of helps out with that undersized build and that frame because they can use that speed dip and bend and get low around these massive offensive tackles. So you play eight games a year in that dome, having those speed rushers on both sides, it can definitely propel them up, you know, to the top of the division if they were get were to get the offense right. Evan, I guess. My last question for you, and to round us out here, what what is your prediction for this team in in twenty twenty? What what do you think that they do with with everything they have, and how do you see them kind of shaking out going forward? Yeah, it's the Colts offseason is probably the most intriguing one that they've had as a franchise in the last twenty years because they've had Peyton Manning, they've had Andrew Luck in place. That one year with Curtis Painter helped them get Andrew Luck. So I think this is definitely the most important offseason for the Colts in a very long time. The quarterback situation is in flux for the first time in two decades. You have all this money to spend. You have three picks in the top 50 this year. A lot of drafting ammunition for this team if they want to go out and trade up or move around the draft. I'd probably say just start off in, in chronological order here in free agency in the draft. I think they're going to spend a lot of money in free agency. They're probably going to go after guys like Clowney and Gotway. Chris Jones makes an awful lot of sense, too, because he's a former chief. Chris Bauer drafted him. Probably would cost close to $20 million per year, like Aaron Donald money. But I think this team desperately needs a three technique and elite one at that. And Chris Jones would really help out there. So I expect them to go after all these big fish names for ANC, too. But at the draft, I think they're going to take a quarterback. They were watching Jordan Love actually all week at the Senior Bowl. Colts refs are falling around all week. So it seems like Jordan Love is definitely the, the ball of their eyes, so to say. And I think he could be their guy at 13 or maybe trading back or trading up, whatever the route is. But I think Jordan Love is definitely their top quarterback option for this team which I think makes an awful lot of sense because Love is a high upside guy. He's one of the more unique prospects in this draft because how explosive his arm talent is. And I think he'd be a really good fit sitting a year or two behind, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or a veteran quarterback. But I think next year, just looking at this cold schedule, it's, an, it's a lot harder than it was last year. They actually had the third easiest schedule this year, and they still went 7-9 and nine with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So Jacoby starting against a tougher schedule next year, assuming that they draft a guy like Jordan Love, have him sit a year behind Jacoby Brissett, I would say this Colts team doesn't improve much in the win-loss column because the quarterback position, but I think they'll, they'll, they'll improve the roster a little bit on the edges. Also, they go 7-9 and nine or 8-8, eight and eight, so I'll go 8-8 eight and eight just to, just to sound, sound a little bit better for this Colts team. All righty, guys, it does for today's episode of Locked on Colts as part of the AFC South Divisional Crossover Week. Appreciate everyone listening, and as always, we'll be with you guys tomorrow for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.